This presentation was from Yox Australia 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Or try different ways of implementing service design approaches across organisations. Um, so, and I want to share some of my tips. So around four or five years ago, one of my colleagues, he was a technical delivery manager at the time, said, I'm going to transform my, transform my team using Agile. And as a product owner and a design manager, you're going to come along for the ride. And I did. And I was immediately taken by the benefits of Agile as a product owner. So immediately I saw the increase in momentum and the better decision making and all those good things. But over time, I also recognised the value of Agile as a vehicle for embedding the service design methods that I'd been struggling um, to embed for a while. I only have 10 minutes today, so I'm not going to talk in depth about Agile um, principles or service design methods. Um, like I said, instead, I'll just share some of my tips. So looking at this, this makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy, and probably you too. But I do have an uh, alternative <laughs> title slide. <laughs> How do, you, dun, 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 how do you use Agile to infiltrate your organisation and spread good user experiences like a virus? So that sounds like a, a real stealth mission. Obviously, in an ideal world, our organisations would embrace user-centred design, top-down, bottom-up, inside-out, but we all know that this is not always the case, um, and sometimes we just need to kind of get in under the radar. So um, if you're a long-time Agile UXer, you'll know all these and have your own. But if you're newer to Agile, I hope some of these are useful. Or if you're not using Agile at all, I hope it's a bit of food for thought. So tip number one, use multidisciplinary teams to your advantage. So one of the key practices in Agile is um, bringing people with different skills together into multidisciplinary teams to work on different iterations of a product or service. So if you are a user experience designer, Get yourself in that team. Get yourself in that room. Uh, don't settle for just being an outside expert. It gets brought in every now and then. It's a great chance to become part of the day-to-day -day team. What can also help to be useful to those teams is to de develop good T-shaped skills. So you might be deep in UX, but it's also a great chance to actually develop some broad skills, you know, whether it's privacy or UAT or whatever it might be, so you can be useful to the team. Tip number two is to be there for your product owner. Become their best friend. So product owners have really important roles within Agile and they're empowered to make a lot of decisions. So you really need to work out what your product owner needs and make sure that they're well prepared to make the best decisions for users. So some product owners might need a lot of evidence around user needs. Others might need help mapping end-to-end -end services or user journeys. And others might need a lot of help building empathy within their teams and stakeholders. So make sure your product owners have what they need at their fingertips um, so that those last-minute user story prioritisations or those sketchy delivery compromises can be made with the needs of users front of mind. So tip number three, keep your insights well-groomed and ready for action. So agile approaches allow for user insights to be fed into... Um, into sprints in or into those continuous cycles of iteration, which is a fabulous thing. But as a some form of UXer, um, you need to keep your user insights up to date, accessible, and ready to be actioned because you never know whether they're going to make their way up the backlog and have their moment in the sun. So this is this is a really tricky one, and it's one that I've, I feel like I've struggled with 
on how to create a living, breathing, ongoing view of user insights that can be gathered from multiple sources and can be really viewed as a, as a holistic picture of what your users are thinking. Um, the, what would typically happen is um, we would do great research, we'd distill that down into actionable user insights, a subset of those insights that actually get addressed, um, but too many insights ended up, ended up buried in reports and presentations, and um, we had no way to really measure the impact of those changes over the longer term. So I don't feel like I've cracked this one yet, and maybe some of you have, so let's talk afterwards if you have. Um, but I've been working on a model with some teams um, that looks something like this. Now, I won't go into the detail, but the focus of this is being able to pull in insights from multiple sources and actually having or investing the time in the actual management of those insights. So we've played around with using some tools. Now, what we've found is that um, there's quite a lot, at, like most of the tools involve tagging up um, user insights, tagging up your transcripts or service desk um, tickets and things like that. Quite a lot of effort involved. So the jury's still out a bit for me, whether it's you're getting all the benefit from the amount of effort involved and there might be better ways to do it. But I think um, you know, having that real focus on that insights management is a good thing. So tip number four, designers in sprints or um, versus design sprints. So design sprints might be, they're probably different things to different organisations, but I imagine them as a sort of a set period of time where the focus is actually on design deliverables rather than delivery of a shippable product. So the people involved tend to be designers, user research, content people, so forth. So having a design focused sprint is great because it lets you really use exploratory design-centred methods. You've got some really deep expertise in the room, but you often don't have developers or SMEs or other specialists in there, which can be really problematic. And even if you invite them to participate, they may not be able to commit the time or they may sort of struggle to engage in that deeper design process. When you have designers in sprints, then they get to work alongside the developers in the actual creation uh, and make sure that those the things that are being created deliver good user experiences. So this does give you that opportunity to work side by side with other specialists, and that's when the magic happens. However, what I've seen is that members of the sprint team might not welcome some of the more exploratory ways um, that designers tend to work. It can be a bit demotivating if you've got a team who's really churning through tickets and really focusing on delivery. So my tip here is really just to pick and choose on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you have a, uh, a product or service where you know the design thinking is really underdone, then that's obviously a great opportunity to do a design sprint, test some stuff, um, get some clarity, create some prototypes and so forth. Um, but if you are running design activities within a broader sprint, uh, my advice there would be make sure that they're time boxed and make sure you have clear definitions of done and don't be afraid to call stop on a ticket that's going down a design rabbit hole and starting to derail your sprint. Uh, tip number five, there's only six, so we're nearly there, <laughs> is to start and finish with user stories. So user stories um, capture user needs and they're really core to, the, um, to agile activities. So the user stories and the epics and themes that might sit above them are great because they force uh, agile teams to think about solutions against user needs um, and manage activity against, uh, against user stories. So even when you're in the real depths of development, everyone in the team can kind of trace back to the overarching user need. Um, the other advantage is that teams can kind of tell what value to the user is being delivered in particular iterations and in particular releases. 
which is great. So um, my tip there would be to avoid deviating into too many other methods of describing your requirements or your solutions and try and hang them off user stories when you can. So final tip is that there is always another sprint. Now, sometimes there isn't. <laughs> That's the reality. Um, but generally, the ideal of ongoing iteration and continuous improvement is usually quite strong in agile teams and agile organisations. So you can exploit this ideal to justify an ongoing program of user research and testing and design. So if you're getting resistance to doing something like usability testing because there's not enough time to fix the issue, you know what, do it anyway on the basis that it'll go into the next sprint. And also knowing that you know, people find it really hard to ignore a, U a critical UX issue once you have the evidence on it. You might find that your project's frozen because people are worried about how users will react to whatever the policy or service or um, product is that you're releasing. With Agile, you can uh, proceed with a bit more confidence knowing that any negative feedback you get, you get can be learnt from quickly and reacted to quickly and you can reduce any kind of pain you're causing for users by uh, making the fix quickly. So that was, um, that was six of my best tips. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's plenty of others. Um, here's my uh, details if anyone wants to make contact or chat further about it. Thank you for listening today, and I'll hand over to the next talker. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.